party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Pranks Paul for a two-player GMless game of Last Fleet. Last Fleet is a Powered by the Apocalypse game inspired by shows like Battlestar Galactica and movies like Star Wars of the Force Awakens about the crew of a small fleet of ships deep in space battling an otherworldly menace that challenges them from without and from within. It's very, very cool. I dug it a ton. I thought it was a blast to play. I can't wait for you to hear it. Last Fleet is currently on Kickstarter. It's about in its last week of funding. You should absolutely go check that out. I can't recommend it enough. I really think it's a great game and I would love to see it made happen and I'd love to see it. I'd, frankly, I'd love to have a copy for myself. You can find more information about Last Fleet and its Kickstarter in the show notes. Pranks is one of the hosts of Never Tell Me the Pods, which is my favorite Star Wars podcast on the internet, and is one of the players and principal creators behind Autonomic, which is, in my humble opinion, one of the best actual play shows on the scene today. It is an all-ages, family-friendly actual play in an original fantasy setting that is beautiful and breathtaking. I can't recommend it enough. Please go into the show notes. Please go to autonomicpodcast.com and check that out. Uh, it is, I mean, I'm, I'm gushing. I am gushing about it because I think it's very, very good. Anyway, before we dive in, real quick, a thank you to Rob Anderson, our newest backer on Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting not just the podcasts I create, but the games I make, all the community stuff I do, all of that kind of stuff. It means a ton that you are here and you are supporting the show. Side note, Rob and I played in the International Podcasting Month game of Worldwide Wrestling last summer, and it was uh, a hell of a game. I'm going to link it in the show notes. You should check it out, especially if you like professional wrestling. It was seriously such a good game, and I can't recommend it enough. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with Pranks Paul. Pranks, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Jeff, really happy to be here. And I'm not just saying that. I am real. I've been looking forward to this all weekend. So, oh, my God, I have been as well. So thank you so much. I'm so, so excited. So real quick at the top of the show, before we get into our game, which we've already done some work for and I'm already like extremely hyped for. <laughs> why don't you take a moment and let the listeners at home know about all the stuff you've got going on that you might want them to know about? Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to see cats later. So that's something. Um, I mean, God, I'm <laughs> jealous. I'm, I'm, je- I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, so my life will probably change right after this is recorded. But as far as stuff that I've got going on, uh, I think the show that people might know me most from is uh, Never Tell Me the Pods, which is a uh, Star Wars discussion show that I run with uh, three of my friends. Um, uh, including Cat Cool, James D'Amato, and Johnny O'Mara. Um, and uh, you may have heard a little low-budget indie film just came out. Um, so we've pretty much been losing our mind over that and trying to figure out the end of the saga and what this all looks like. So if you want more uh, of a discussion-style flavor, um, uh, check out Never Tell Me the Pods. My other big project uh, is something called Autonomic. And Autonomic is uh, a really... It's a labor of love for me and Cat. Um there aren't many fantasy shows that are aimed at children, and there are even fewer that have a non-Western um, background and tradition. So the world of Autonomic is a unique setting created by myself and Kat uh, that's based on Indian and Ecuadorian mythology. Um, and it's aimed at children, but it's uh, family-friendly, so all ages can listen to it. Um, and uh, I'm very proud of the work that we're doing there and uh, of the system and the world Uh and I, uh, I, I highly encourage you to check that out if you want uh, to pick up another fun actual play. Um, yeah, I mean, Autonomic is something that, like, dominates my thoughts so much that it's almost hard to talk about. Uh, chances are I, if I'm not... I get it. I get it. Yeah. 
So, you know, chances are if I'm not thinking about something like Star Wars or the Muppets or something else, I'm probably thinking about Autonomic. So that should give you some indication of how much I think about uh, this this new thing. Um, but yeah, so I guess uh, you can find me on Twitter at RogueTLDR. Uh, and then you can just find Autonomic or Never Tell Me the Pods pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. I believe uh, possibly Stitcher accepted. We're still getting that uh, figured out. But yeah. One, big mood. Big, the biggest, the biggest mood. Yeah. Uh, two, Autonomic is lovely. I've been oh. listening to it, and it makes me extremely, extremely happy. The character work on it is beautiful, and the the world building, like, it's so... It has, and I, I say this as someone that also loves Star Wars, it has the same kind of lived-in quality that, like, is what draws me to Star Wars. Like, at its best, it has that kind of lived-in quality where, like, all of this wonderful world building is happening, but it's happening in this way that is just like, it's here. It's not like, all right, now we're going to dig into this thing. It's just like, well, this is the thing that is happening now. And I, I it excites me when that happens. I, I really appreciate that. Um, it's uh, I'm not used to playing in settings that I make myself. Um, even my longest running campaigns have been playing in somebody else's sandbox. So um, it, it, it means a lot to hear that Autonomic feels lived in, so... It does, and I, 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 I will personally recommend it a lot because it is. You're exactly right. It is all ages in that, it, like, it has a, a playfulness and like a fantasticalness element to it that is easily, like, easily hook. It hooks you in no matter like what age you are. You make a thing that I like, and I want to make sure that I get that on microphone. Uh, I'm just like embarrassed here. So good. I don't, I don't good. Know what, yeah. Well, let's uh, get in. Let's get into a game to dodge that to dodge the embarrassment of making things that we both like. Sounds good. So this week we are playing Last Fleet. It is a powered by the apocalypse game of like desperate military action in the face of an overwhelming, otherworldly like attack force. It is inspired by you know, uh, Battlestar Galactica being a big inspiration for it, as well as like Star Wars, as well as Star Wars stories like the Rogue Squadron books. There's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that I really like and I'm excited to dig into. Yeah, um, I've played no no fewer than three different pilot based power body of the apocalypse systems alone. So uh, and I'm really excited about this one. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I like I like the degree of risk. Mm -hmm. I like how it's upfront about what the system cares about and what it doesn't care about. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the Rogue Squadron books. Um, uh, everybody's um, favorite or not favorite, as the case may be, protagonist Corin Horn is a uh, detective slash investigator. And one thing that I think is very interesting about uh, Last Fleet is that they're upfront about the fact that interrogation scenes won't necessarily net you info unless the NPC in question is interested in giving it to you. And I think that's a bold choice. And I think that having a lot of moving parts and pieces and shadowy stuff going on that you explicitly want to happen as mm -hmm. opposed to uh, a lot of um, mystery-based campaigns where the players can avoid conflict or mediate conflict is, is interesting and fun, and I'm really excited about digging into that. I agree. I absolutely agree. So let's let's dive in. Let's introduce our characters and a little bit of the background of the setting that we kind of just came up with, mm -hmm. um, which is essentially Earth is gone. Earth mm -hmm. is of no more. Well, you know, uh, what happened was in the not-too-distant future... Uh, the well, like, uh, the, the upper class, the 1% in their pursuit of the, the most advanced technological leisure continued to build more and more advanced hollow decks and, you know, recreational things, eventually building an AI that became so powerful and united that it 
undid Earth, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, uh, Jeff and I have decided that uh, this is definitely the kind of story which is an After Earth-style tale where the excesses and largesse of the rich, I think in this case, they created, they wanted to create some kind of uh, virtual reality pleasure dome or um, holodeck-style thing. Uh, as you can imagine, the thing that they created grew too powerful, and uh, ultimately Earth became completely ruined by uh, this alien civilization. The, re- the renders. They the are- renders perfectly they they, they fly through space in perfectly spherical ships and they are obsessed with creating uh perfection with creating you know as they see it an aesthetic perfection which is why they fly through space in perfectly uh spherical ships they are liquid metal constructs they are obsessed with symmetry and design and making things flawless and if humans are known for one thing, it is our flaws. And so therefore they have, they have removed humans from the equation. And one of the things that we decided is that, uh, this particular alien species, uh, has pretty prodigious combat capabilities and infiltration capabilities, but they're often hamstrung by psychological things like Mm -hmm. an obsessive, uh, pursuit of perfection. So, yeah, I, which, which I know we've talked about it, but now I need to throw out the detail of, there's a very nice, uh, appropriately enough, there's a nice symmetry where I think one of the ways that they get, that the the uh, ve- that the renders get tripped up when they are impersonating humans is they become overly uh, pretentious. Like there's a, there's that pursuit of perfection. There's that, that pursuit of like aesthetic pleasure in that, uh, not in to that mention, way of like. Not to mention pedantry. Right. Yes. Even for humans, they're incredibly pedantic. And there's that it's that it's that vibe of we could have made them look like anything, but we made them look like us. That is rich people created this thing. And in impersonating us, they have they they often take on the most like they often take on the most like um, obnoxious traits. Yeah, they take on that obnoxious attempt at culture. That is that is often the sign of of pretension Mm -hmm. that is very good. Anyway. So, uh, we find ourselves on the, we didn't name our, we didn't name our capital ship. Hmm. How about the spike? The spike is good. So we're on the spike. The spike is the central hub of a small fleet of transport ships, which are all connected by large walkway sealed tubular platforms. Essentially one ship with about half a dozen other transport ships connected by these large walkway tubes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the last surviving remnants of Earth people from people explicitly of, like, marginalized and oppressed backgrounds who fled Earth as things were getting bad because, well, the rich people are going to destroy us if we don't. And I think it's important that uh, we fled before the actual catastrophic event yeah. happened because had we fled after or as it was happening, the ship would be populated with rich people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 got off we got off the sh- off the planet while the getting off was not good, but could have been worse. Right. Um. So let's introduce our characters. We'll say how we're related to each other, and then we'll play out a little bit of the scenario. Okay. Um, uh, so who talks first? I will. I I will get into this first. Um. Okay. But I appreciated that. <laughs> uh, Axel Derringer, call sign Shotgun, is an Ares, which is somebody who is uh, a hothead. Someone who is a pleasure seeker. Uh, you are a creature of passion, whether it's work or play. You throw yourself into it with a lack of restraint that can get you into trouble. You go where angels fear to tread and cross lines that others balk at. 
Axel, he, his pronouns is, uh, he lives, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Axel, w- Axel is in fact both fast and furious. <laughs> um, he is the, the star pilot on board of the, on board the spike. I mean, you know, if you need, if you need a fighter, he's your fighter. If, if you don't need a fighter, well, he's going to give you a fighter. Like that's, you know, it's very much, he is very much the kind of guy who has a hammer and sees a lot of nails whenever he's approaching a situation. Hence the name Shotgun. Mm -hmm. He was not, he didn't pick the name Shotgun, but he really, really likes it. So tell me, tell me about your character. Uh, So my character is, uh, he's known as Commander Sunshine. That is his rank, uh, but it's... uh, Commanders don't need nicknames, but it's just easier to refer to the commander this way. Um, sure. His given name is Brat Gearbox. Um, he's got wavy brown hair, green eyes, and um, asymmetrical dimples, which is important. Um, it's one reason people trust him so much is because of the asymmetry in his features. Um, in fact, he's so good looking that sometimes people forget what his actual facial features are, and people will tend to describe how Brat Gearbox looks. Um uh, with using those three ticks, uh, mm-hmm. he exudes this warm aura of compassion that on paper seems incredibly suspicious. And then, uh, you kind of just cannot believe how, um, warm and charming this person is once you're in the room with them. Uh, he's so, uh, caring and compassionate that he has a tendency to sometimes forget that hard choices need to be made with mm. limited, uh, resources. And, He's definitely a people pleaser who can sometimes get bogged down by trying to make sure everyone in the room is happy, which is something that is a tough, uh, a tough get in the military and even tougher um, in a, uh, a a true democracy where everyone is equal. So I love that. I love that a lot. So before so the last thing we need to do before we lay out our scenario and dive in is we're each going to pick two relationship questions. This uh, one of them should apply to us and the other should apply to an NPC. So we'll either create one NPC and both relate to them or we'll have two NPCs kind of going about that'll kind of connect back to the various factions that we've created. And then we'll also kind of know how we relate to one another. Okay, so the first thing we're doing is creating an NPC together or are we just trying to answer the relationship question? Uh, throw out a question that you want that you want to like explore in play and then I'll, we'll decide if that go, goes to the other player or to an NPC. Cool. Uh, uh, the first question I want to answer, Re Brat, is who fears I'll lead everything into something terrible? Hmm. I don't think that's Axel. I think okay. that's an NPC. Mm-hmm. I think that Axel doesn't like you, but I don't think that he doubts your ability to lead. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that that feels like a good relationship that we'll kind of lay out in a little more detail. But I think that that feels right to me. Okay. So I kind of think this, so this is, this feels like an NPC. Do we think, uh, which, which of the four factions that we laid out, which, uh, we, there are four factions within the fleet that we've laid out. There are the rounders who are a group of engineers trying to find a linguistical balance between us and the renders who are trying to like find that connection to like b- maybe build some kind of a peace or truce. There are the walkways, which are the people handling the logistics of transporting supplies between ships. The Edges, which is like the People's Defense Force, the militia that is actually like in charge of keeping us safe. And the and the Voice or Voices, which is sort of the governmental structure, which is a, a true democracy where everyone has a voice and a vote. So the way I'm thinking 
about this is that there are two axes and mm-hmm. the rounders and walkways are opposed because attempting to study um, the renders and attempting to devote scientific research and resources to understanding them uh, is po- probably directly oppositional to maintaining these yep. energy, uh, energy expensive and um, kind of quality of life focused um, bridges um, because human life becomes easier when you devote uh, energy to easily traveling between uh, ships. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if we're going to do anything about this war, we need uh, to devote time and resources to the rounders. Okay, so I think that's one mm-hmm. um, oppositional um, relationship. And then the other oppositional relationship is between the edges and the voice. Yeah. Um, the voice is uh, a giant, as Jeff mentioned, a giant government body where everyone has an equal amount of time that they wish to speak. Uh, if they wish to speak and everyone has an equal vote and it's uh, purely majoritarian up or down um, the way they decide things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then on the other hand, you have the edges, which is um, by necessity uh, a hierarchical organization that is devoted on trying to keep people alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's important to note that this particular hierarchy is not a military. It's a militia, which means it's kind of disorganized and uh, almost none of the people aboard the spike came from, uh, influential military yeah. positions, so they're really feeling out all of this as they go along, and there isn't a whole lot of um, uh, legal stuff or norms to fall back on. So yeah, so I almost think this could be, if I could throw out a suggestion, sure. This feels like it could be someone f- like within the edges that that thinks that you are too friendly with the with everybody. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not you you. You can't be counted on to make that hard choice because mm-hmm. you're too you you care about people too much. Mm-hmm. How does that feel to you? I love that. Uh, why don't we make this? Why don't we talk about your um, the relationship questions you want yeah. answered? And let's put this in the same NPC. I think we can make okay. that work. Okay. Um, I want to. Oh, uh, there's a question here that is who do I figure is going to get us all killed? That feels very good for this. Mm-hmm. Of like there is there is a military there's like a general within the edges that is absolutely the like uh we are going to burn their ships and you know like that is all, everyone a- on board everyone on board this ship is 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 here is now a mil is now part of the military and is here to destroy this threat so kind of a tie type like a salt yeah. tie type yeah um. Cool. I love that idea. And I think they could also be logically the person who doesn't feel like I can make the hard choices. Yep. So they think you're a hothead and I'm a person who can't make the the tough choices. Um, I almost think so. So the, the question here is, who do I think is going to get us all killed? It almost feels to me like they would love me. Mm-hmm. Like as someone that is that is willing to like ignore orders and take and like complete the mission no matter what. No matter what the, the the voice wants, yeah, it feels like it feels like that that edge general that who is like we're going to destroy this threat no matter what is going to look at me and see like the best weapon they've ever had, mm-hmm. which I think is a very compelling relationship. Uh, cool. So which which uh, question does this person answer uh, for relationship questions? Uh, this person answers my question of who do I figure is going to get us all killed. So. They respect and like you, but you don't feel the same way. I think I think that they are. I think as someone that is noted, that is uh, chaotic and dangerous. I think I I see them as chaotic and dangerous. Cool. I think that they I think I think they are in some ways they are what I fear I could be. Hmm. 
And that's why you hate them, because you're running away from them. Yeah. And they're high ranking in the edges, right? Yeah. So what's their rank, do you think? Uh, is general a high rank? That feels like a high rank. General is definitely higher than commander, which is what I am, so. Yeah, let's go general. We'll go. Cool. What's, what's a, we need a cool name, quick. Let's go with. Let's go Desmond Cotto. That's pretty cool. General Desmond Cotto. Okay. And so that answers the relationship question of who do I, of who do you think is going to get us all killed? Yeah. And who fears I'll lead everyone into someone, t- something terrible? Yeah. All right. One more question. Um, who resents my social position? Do I think I, do I, I think I resent, I think I, I think I think I should be where you are. Socially, not necessarily in a logistical way. I think I respect your position mm-hmm. within the edges, but I think I like, I think I think I should be the star. Right. And it doesn't sit, you don't think I should be sitting in a cockpit, but you think you should get more credit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then which of the questions do you think that you have applies to me? Do you think, are you more interested in uh, the question, who do I have a rivalry with or who thinks I'm out of control? I don't think I have a rivalry with you because we're not interested in the same things. Okay. Uh, I think uh, thinking you're out of control makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I think in some ways I very much am. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to take one relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And that'll come up when we want to interfere or aid each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess with that, we're ready to we're ready to dive in. And with that, I want to ask you as my co-GM, what? What's the situation that we're like immediately dealing with? I think it's I think it should be like military themed since we sort of are all military esque characters. And like that seems to be like the core of the conflict. But I don't know if I necessarily want it to be a fight scene just yet. I think we've received intel from the rounders that there is a planet which might have scanning technology that can help us find renders quickly. Okay, I'm into that. And it's. The kind of thing where it's far enough away that if we jump and there's nothing there, we're putting everyone at risk. Yeah. And I think, um, okay, yeah, I think that's really good. I think, um, so I think I'm going to, like, I'm going to frame a scene where I make a demand immediately, which is, I think, um, I think Kodo is, like, I think Kodo is calling you into a room. Mm -hmm. I think it is, I think... I think Kodo has, like, made several orders that you're not aware of and is now, like, pulling you into a room to basically ensure that you act on them. Got uh, A little bit of, like, uh, of casting for this. I'm picturing Kodo. I'm picturing Clancy Brown is immediately where my head goes. That's hilarious because I was picturing uh, Superman as Commander Sunshine. All right. Very good. Very, very good. I think we have a long shot where the two of us, I think, or like the two of us like have like a friendly conversation just so the audience picks up on that. Yep. And I think, so yeah, I think Kodo calls you in and is immediately, you're in, you're in an interrogation, like what is an, a, a refashioned interrogation room, except there's like a hollow map on a table. Right. Is so I think only- one of the, one of the ships is a former law enforcement cruiser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, like, stripes on the walls and very kind of, like, big, bold, authoritarian-type design work around, like, the sets here. And that lets us know, that lets us know that we're on the hammer, right? Right. 
calls you in and is like, listen, I'm sure you've heard the rounders reports. I'm sure you've heard the intel by this point. Sir, yes, sir. I'm, I want you to know I'm issuing the order to jump and I'm issuing the order to pull back the bridges. Um, the camera focuses in and you see like a twitch on Brat's face. And he says as neutrally as he possibly can. If you think that's best, sir. Do you not think it's best? Permission to speak freely, sir. That's why we're here. And I think he snaps his fingers and like the cameras, co- like the cameras shut off, like the, the security cameras shut off. Decor or no decor, sir? That's entirely your, that's entirely your call, Commander. Uh, hearing you say Commander, uh, I, I, I was uh, ramrod straight in posture and I relax a little bit and I say, I don't think that's the best idea, with all due respect. Let's hear it. Such a jump. Well, first of all, the meeting that we just had at The Voice made clear that there's a considerable faction that's that's concerned about being able to maintain our walkways if we commit to such a fuel boost. And yet, as you know, the vo- vote was to majority ruled that that say would fall to the military, that say would fall to the edges. Of course, sir, but the edges are there to serve the people. I understand that. It kind of sounds like you're trying to call someone out. Uh, I think it is. Um, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. How, you know what? Yeah, I think I am trying to call someone out. I think it sounds like you're trying to call him out. Call out. Uh, I'm trying to find that move. Um, Well, there it is. Call someone on their shit. It sounds like you're trying to call someone on their shit. So I'm going to ask you to roll plus hard. Roll plus hard on a hit. Tell them what their problem is and what they need to do to convince you otherwise. All right. Uh, And my... Ha! I have a minus one in hard. This will be fun. All right. Um, so I'm rolling. Six. Uh, I have a five, so it's a miss. Okay. Um, so on a miss, I'm going to. So what do you say? What do you say that does not get the job? That does not get the job done. Does um, not get what you want. Uh, well, sir, the codes. Uh, he's not going to say, sir. Um, uh. Well, Des, the consensus we'd need to build in a situation like this. And then I assume you just cut me off immediately. Yeah. Uh, we're not in the business of building consensus. It's consensus that is going to drag our heels in the mud long enough for the renders to roll over us like the metal balls that they are. Surely that, you understand that. I do understand that. That's also not why any of us left Earth, sir. I'm going to ask you to mark some pressure. Okay. As I think, I think, and I think what happens is he's like, listen, he's like, well, thankfully, our, our position, were our positions to swap, then maybe I could, I, I would, I would take your, your, I would listen to what you had to say and I would mark, I would hop step and follow orders. Our positions are not reversed and I'm counting on you to do the same. Your issues have been taken under advisement. And we will seriously consider them before we make the call to roll back the bridges and make the jump. But in the meantime, I need you to get, I need you to get with the walkways and make preparations so that when that call comes down and he sits very hard on that word when, we're ready and the spike is ready to make the jump that he needs to make. 
uh, there's another twitch on my cheek and I say, sir, yes, sir. And I snap a sarcastic salute and uh, about face and leave the room. So I'm going to ask you to take some pressure. Okay. And I start at zero. Do I start at one pressure or two pressure? Uh, we start at, I believe, one pressure. Okay. So now I'm at two pressure. Yeah. Where is, let me see. Where do we, where do you think, where, where, uh, where do you want Axel to be as this is happening? Set up, set up a situation for Axel for us. Um, I think Axel is drinking, uh, in the pilot's cantina. Mm hmm. Um, I don't think he even went to voices. I don't think he did. I don't think he cares. Yeah. I think, I think Axel likes being given orders. I think mm -hmm. Axel likes, Axel likes, doesn't, doesn't really, is willing to, like, do what needs to be done and is waiting for the orders to come down to him. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, because he all, because if he disagrees, then he likes the moment where he gets to like lash out about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so on purpose, um, let's see how to convey this in a visual storytelling way. So the fastest route back to my quarters involves taking the space bridge or taking one of yep. the walkways. Um, but I wend my way in past the pilot's cantina and um, Brett walks right by it and then stops short, turns around and then walks into the pilot's cantina. Uh, he's greeted by uh, a bunch of people. He's fairly popular within the ranks um, and he has he gets free drinks, um, but he doesn't drink, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so he sends uh, a drink over to Axel um, and is kind of looking warily to see whether or not he's he can sit down. He knows Axel. Uh, he's not the biggest fan of of Brat, so he wants to kind of get an opening or make sure that it's all right before he sits down. And I think Axel, like Axel, feet up on a table, is you know beer beer in hand, and is like, well, 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 what brings sunshine down to where the cockroaches crawl? Uh, I'm just needling you. Pull up a chair. Uh, I pull up a chair and I say, you know, cockroaches don't like sunshine. That's that's the joke. Yes. Very, very funny. Very funny, Lieutenant. Thank you. Thank you. I worked really hard on it. There's a long there's a long silence, which you can feel free to cut in. Uh, and then um, sunshine opens his mouth and closes it and then clears his throat. <clears> throat> I didn't see you at voices today. Oh, you're never going to see me at Voices. I don't, you know, it's 14, it's, it's 147 people all saying that the air conditioning is too cold, the hot, the heat is too hot, and we're, and it's never going to change. So what's the, what's, what's the point? Well, maybe if it were 148, it might. Yeah, maybe. It's not, I, I doubt that, but sure, we can all, fan we can all have fantasies. Got some new orders from the general. Do you now? Where are we? Where are we going? What are we blowing up? Um, and I look around. Um, I guess I'll make a cursory check to see if there's any listening devices or anybody particularly interested in the conversation the two of us are having. We um, don't open. We don't openly talk. I um, think a few. I think a few pilots come by and like slap you on the shoulder. Really, just underlining the fact that I'm the only one that doesn't like you. Yep, which, uh, of course, the camera captures your resentment in this moment. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Uh, worked uh, really hard. I worked really hard on that cockroach joke. I really would wish that people would work with me. I think it's the delivery. Uh, Is it? You think it's the delivery? Did I, what, was it too aggressive, too, too sunshiny? 
Uh, no, it, it was in fact the opposite. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and he like starts to take out a notepad and is like, no, you're not doing this to me. What are you, I, I asked you a question. Uh, hang on, and uh, Sunshine turns around, um, and he's engaged in an animated conversation, and it's one of those situations where Axel starts looking at his chronometer and waiting for Sunshine to be able to pry himself away from the conversation. It takes way too long, and, and finally, uh, Sunshine has to buy the rest of the bar round of shots uh, in order to, to be left alone, and he ultimately turns back to Axel after uh, an, uh, frankly, rude amount of time. Yeah. Um, uh, and he says, uh, well, it looks like we have a lead on the communists. Really? About damn time. So let's go. Yeah. Let's go get it. Well, uh, it means we'd have to shut the bridges down. Well, that ain't great. No. And his tone gets more serious. Uh, and he realizes this is something that uh, the both of them actually have in common for once. And he says, no, it's not. Which is why I wanted... And he realizes he's skirting dangerously close to what passes for insub uh, insubordination um, here. And he says, which is why I wanted to see if there was something that could be done about it. I'm going to. I'm going to ask you to roll a uh, plus warm to reach out to me. Sounds good. Because I think I, I am. I think I am responding positively to your request. Mm -hmm. That's something I can actually do. Uh, hang on a sec. Let me look at my moves and see if there's anything that'll help here. Uh... Cool. So I actually think that charismatic will help here. Okay. Uh, when you advocate passionately for a cause, roll plus warm on a hit you're compelling. Um, NPCs do the action you've called for within reason. PCs mark one pressure or reduce a relevant loyalty if they don't do it. Okay. In addition, on a seven to nine, someone is inspired to fanatical action. Got All it. Right, so I've got a plus one to warm here. Cool. Um, and I will roll. Yikes. Uh, it's only a three. Okay. Um, so... I think what happens is, I think what happens is, um, you're laying this out, you lay this out and like before you're able to really lay out your concerns against it, uh, somebody overhears mm -hmm. one of the other pilots, uh, we'll call her, um, we'll call her call sign smash and grab. Her name mm -hmm. is, uh, Gloriana Festerbrook. Okay. Gloriana, a smash and grab. She overhears this and she's like, wait, they want to pull down the bridges? Uh, I look pained and I say, uh, th this is a hypothetical uh, flight lieutenant. No, that's, I mean, but that's, that's great. Like, that's, that's a huge, I mean, like, that's huge. That'll, that'll be, that's going to be. And like, she kind of just starts to like slink away. And, like, starts to, like, you know, slink away towards a group of the other pilots, clearly looking like this is, like, a big moment for the edges to, like, show what they're what they're made of. Uh, Brat gets up and says, um, uh, what would your, I think flight officer is the best, uh, best rank here. Uh, and, and he says, flight officer Festerbrook, I need you on cafeteria duty immediately. Oh, okay. Um. He raises an eyebrow and says, immediately. Interesting. Yeah, I think that, I think, um, I think I'm going to present you a choice here and say, like, this will work, but it will put you at odds with the other edges. Yeah, so I think, um, so I have two abilities. I have okay. charismatic and followers. Um, I think that Gloriana is one of my followers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but uh, I am definitely using social capital here. Okay. Um, in order to make this work. So what do you think? Should I uh, try to make a charisma roll here or is there something else going on or does this just work, but it has consequences in the future? In I terms think this of- works. I think this works with consequences in the future. Okay. I think uh, she, because I think she like, re- like slowly and kind of like suspiciously gives you a salute and like walks off grabbing a beer as she goes. And like, what happens when the commander gives you an order that's obviously intended to cover up something the commander's going to do and you follow it, but who knows when you'll tell someone? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She has that that exact move. And I think like I think two people follow her like her 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 like teammates follow her, her crewmates or squad mates follow her and we see them start to talk. And like uh, that that news is going to start to start to leak out a little bit. Uh, I walk over to the bartender and I say, Odie, send, uh, send Gloriana a bottle, will you, on my tab? And I think that'll be the last thing we roll on for this scene is I'm going to ask you to roll cover up, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Because I think Axel is like sitting back and is like has been chewing on something this whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want me to roll cover up? Um, not yet. I think we'll have that at the end of the scene to see what happens with Gloriana like later. Sounds good. All right. Um, so let's return to Axel, yeah. who is Han Solo style, still has his boots up on them. Uh-huh. So Sunshine, let me tell let me let me let me throw something at you. I figure we've got a few days. Uh sorry to interrupt. What's your call sign? Uh shotgun. Shotgun. Okay, got it. I think we've got a few days before the, if I mean, you know, the logistics to, to pull up the bridges, to pull up the walkways is a lot. What if for a couple of days one of the, one of the jump, one of the, uh, the pond skippers, the pond skippers are like the fighter jets. They have like a small jump capacity. Maybe like they can jump, they can jump maybe like a system and back. They're shuttles pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. They are shuttles and they are shuttles that have like a turret plopped on top. Mm-hmm. What if a pond skipper disappeared for a few days? Um, purely hypothetically speaking, what would this pond skipper disappear for? I mean, theoretically, a pond skipper could make the jump, skim the surface of whatever planet we're jumping to, possibly recover some tech, possibly recover some resources, some crystals, jump back, get a get a scope out the situation, and then maybe we don't need to pull back. Maybe, and more importantly, maybe a certain general has a little bit of egg on his face. Uh, I look Hypothetically. down. Uh, Sunshine looks down at the water that he has in front of him. And uh, you know when people take like a big swig of water, like it's a huge drink. Yeah. Uh, he does that move. Um, there's something inherently ridiculous about trying to pull that off with water. As someone who doesn't really drink now, uh, it's, um, you know, you, you look a little silly when you have water in your hand, yeah. period. Uh, uh, but he does this. Uh, and then he says, be a tight jump, though. The tightest. You have fuel to be a cal- hell of a pilot to pull it off. I meant in terms of fuel calculations. We might not even have room for combat maneuvers. There might not be a window for that. I mean, that's exactly. You'd have to be a hell of a pilot to pull it off. And we wouldn't be able to use the ship's computers to calculate the jump. <laughs> you have to be the greatest pilot that ever lived to pull it off. Hmm. And I'd have to do someone he catches himself, would have to do these calculations by hand on a notepad or something. 
instead of using the flight logs. <sighs> you do love your notepads, don't you? How else are you supposed to take notes? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you never take notes, it's never an issue. Point. So, hypothetically speaking, where would we find this pond skipper? Um, well, we would have to... I mean, we would have to talk to... Uh, we would have to talk to Roy. In the You know, uh, Roy is like... Uh, Roy is a member of the walkways that, like, oversees the... The specifically the ship's bay in the in the spike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to talk to Roy. God, I hate talking to Roy. It's fine. Roy owes me something. Oh well, hell, all right then. I don't know what. I wish I'd written that down. I'm sure it'll become clear as we. Uh, it'll. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, so I think we can scene transition unless you want yeah. me to cover up uh, yeah. to roll cover up roll, at this point. Roll me cover up real quick, and then we'll have because I think the transition will be like what is happening in the cafeteria when uh, Gloriana gets there. Awesome. Okay, so I rolled ten. All right. Uh, let's see. When you roll so smooth on a ten plus, they buy your deception as long as no clear countervailing evidence appears. Uh, great. So w- here's how I think it manifests. I scribble down a note um, and then discreetly slip it into the label of the bottle that I send over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Gloriana is uh, cleaning up after uh, cafeteria duty. She pulls out the bottle. The note falls out. She looks at it. Um, and then we just uh, cut away from that. Yeah. I love it. All right, so we're heading to how do we um, how do we get to uh, the shipyard? Um, I think we follow Gloriana like like we follow Gloriana. We see that happen, and then the camera follows through to the follows like through into a into a lift which goes down into the shipyard where we see just a ragtag assortment of old of different ships that have been like patchworked into fighters and transit vessels and all sorts of things. As we see. Uh, as and there's a sign Bratton. on the there's a sign on the door that or on the side of the wall that says your lack of planning is not urgency to me <laughs> and a bunch of other passive aggressive mechanics notes oh, yeah. as you can yeah, imagine. Yeah. yeah. And like Roy is sitting on un- directly underneath one of these signs like looking at a a clipboard, not a data pad, like he has a clipboard with papers. Mhm. Uh so Sunshine is walking towards him and just before he gets into uh visible range of Roy, he does this weird thing where he like pokes his dimples mm-hmm. absentmindedly um, and uh, gets closer to uh, gets closer to Roy uh, and claps a hand on Roy's shoulder and says, Roy, you remember that thing I did for you, right? Uh, it's been a long time. It's a little fuzzy. Yeah, I mean. You know, a couple cycles is a couple cycles, but no, that seriously, that was a legit question. I can't remember what I did for you. Oh, <clears throat> oh, I thought that you were. Oh, oh, I mean, it has actually been a while, but uh, I mean, I do remember. I do remember you. Uh, that uh, that that uh, that shipment of steel plating was really, really valuable. And you uh, make, you know, requisitioning it from the edges was a really effective. I mean. You know, I know that there were a lot of military uses for steel plating, great. a lot of good things for my armor friend plating. And I, great, my friend and I need to use a pond skimmer, and it needs to be off the books. How's that? <sighs> <laughs> I love it. I love it a lot. 
Um, I think Roy just like stares at you for like a very long time. Uh, I look down at my chronometer and then I look up again and say, um, well, it's just that, um, things are about to happen and it would be great if, uh, they didn't. And I look a little pained. How long? Um, I look at the calendar on the side of the, um, on the side of the wall and then back at Roy and say, you weren't at voices either, were you? Uh, I was, I am at every voices. I take, and, and he he pulls, he shows you a different clipboard that is like covered in notes. Like there's notes on the, on the clipboard, on papers attached to the clipboard. Great. So you know that the edges were voted, uh, decision-making power over the next jump. Of course. It happened. Oh my god. I have got to start taking those handwriting classes. This is uh it happened 47 minutes into the into the 98 minute meeting. I look over at Axel. They're not always that long. That's that sounds uh, that sounds like death. Yeah, so you know it was 70 to 65 uh and, you know, with a lot of people abstaining and uh, let's just say I know where we're jumping next. Okay. Uh, that doesn't answer my question. Um, I look at the window where you can see the turbo lift between the ships going up and down. And I turn around and I say, uh, I turn away from him and I say, I'm not allowed, I'm not permitted to disclose privileged information, but, um, you planning any trips to the uh, to the central spike lately? Or rather, are you planning any trips to the central spike in the near future? Uh, I'm not not planning a trip to the central spike. I would move it up. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Cool. Great. Uh, and as for your other question, hmm, how much fuel does the pond skipper? How many days worth of fuel does the? the, um, the, the I th- I think taking into a jump a jump into effect, I think it holds about five days. Cool. Um, and I say, if we're lucky. Uh, five days. If we're not lucky, we're not coming back. I can give you three. Great. If we're wrong, it won't matter. Okay. I think that works. Um, and then I turn to look at Axel, who I assume is looking like hungrily at a bunch of armaments that are like being dis- uh, taken apart. Axel uh, in is- the garage. Axel is, yeah, Axel is, like, is just kind of, like, standing, arms crossed, like, back to you both, just, like, looking around, and has walked up to one of the pond skippers and is chatting with it. Mm-hmm. And is just being like, hey, what's up? What's going on with you? Uh, so he's hitting on a ship? Yeah. Delightful. Um, I, uh, yeah, he is 100%, like, he is, he is, he is full-on picturing himself as Spaceman Spiff of, like, all the cool things <laughs> he's gonna do in this pond skipper. Um. So I walk over to Axel, um, and I say, looks like we're good to go. Oh, cool. Great. Uh, and if you didn't see any of that. No, of course not. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I I see what people see in you now. I get it. Thanks. (laughs) Um, I straighten up my hair, uh, and, um, try to wipe some of the traces of grease off of the, um, off of my uniform, uh, and I say, so looks like this is the one. Do you want to meet back here in like, um, I don't know, 200 hours or so? That works. Um, 
So I head back to my quarters. And then how do you want to take us away from this? Um, I think what happens is like I watch you leave and then I see like three other pilots and I'm like. All right, everybody, it's party time. Uh, and then there's a montage of drinking. I assume. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to indulge. I am indulging. I am letting loose. Mm hmm. So I'm going to roll plus raw, which is uh, my plus one. That is a oof, that's a four. What goes horribly wrong? OK, um, well, you're definitely you definitely get in a fight. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're a little injured. And then on top of that, so I'm going uh, to mark a pressure for that. I think you're still a little drunk when we have to jump. I'm going to mark two pressure. OK, I'm going to mark two pressure. I think this is a two-person vessel. I think you're here with me on the jump. Yeah. Because uh, I have to do navigation. Yeah. Because, like, if we start using the computers, they're going to know. Exactly. Um, um, and I think the other thing that I want to add to this is um, I think that Kodo has caught wind of, like, the party that is breaking out and knows mm -hmm. that something is up but doesn't know quite what it is. Right. I think that, that works perfectly. Um, so I think the next cut that we have is us in the shuttle speeding away from uh, the central hub mm -hmm. that is the constellation of ships. Um, and we see like a tracking shot where we see like the, let's say seven or eight different ships that are connected to the central spike. And there are all these elevators and there's like this, uh, this space harness sort of that's around the spike, which is that central ship. And it's keeping all of the other ships together. So there's two structures here. There's mm -hmm. the elevators that go between the ships. And then also this harness which uh, the ships kind of dock into so they can all travel together and conserve fuel. Um, and because this is like a, a space thing, we see like a long uh, indulgent shot of everything. And, uh, you know, this is how we see the stakes and all that stuff. We see people going yeah. about their daily business and all that sort of thing. Um, just <laughs> before you and I do uh, the preliminary um, FTL jump. Yeah. So. And I think a big part of that is um, I think, we see all of that, and then the the beeping of comms starts as Kodo is calling in because he he knew exactly enough to watch for when one of the pond skippers started to move. Mm -hmm. to, do you want to take that, or should I? Uh, Neither of us have to. No, one of us has to. I guess, but I mean... It's just that I'm in the middle of these calculations right now, and it could be very, very bad if I get this wrong. All right, all right, all right. You got Axel. <sighs> Flight Lieutenant, what do you think you're doing? Um, reckless joyriding. Are you aware of the penalties of taking one of these transports without explicit, explicit authorization? Um, yes. I thought you were one of the good ones. I am? So, so here's the thing, though. I really am. Cease your current heading immediately and turn around, or we will be forced to disable your transport. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing, boss. Can I call you boss? I'm gonna call you boss. You may not. Uh, alright, here's the thing, boss. Um, you can disable this transport. You can put me in the brig. You can court-martial me. You can dishonorably discharge me. Uh, and I'm gonna ask, the, and then this is really more of a question for you. <clears throat> this is really more of a question for you, Kodo. Boss. Where are Lieutenant you going to be in your nest op operation? 
uh, there's there's calm silence, and uh, Kodo can, says, "Can you count on not having me on board?" I don't wish to harm you, Flight Lieutenant, but a pawn skipper is a valuable resource. And I would say Axel Derringer. I would say shotgun is maybe the most valuable resource you've got. I think I'm trying to. I think I want to call him on his shit. Okay. Oh, that's an eleven. Thank you. Thank Very you. Very nice. Um, so I think I'm calling his. I think what I'm doing is I'm telling him his problem is that like he can't afford to not let me do this. Right. And he has to either do it or openly and forcefully refuse and suffer the consequences. Okay. So we see a shot of the face, the two faces here, like looking at each other, kind of anime style. Um, and uh, Kodo blinks first. Um, he gives an order to his aide, and you see some streaks of laser fire um, stre- uh, go towards your transport, but with your level of piloting ability, mm-hmm. it's obvious that you're not actually going to, um, you're not actually going to get winged here, mm-hmm. um, and you can easily dodge around it, but it looks honest. It looks like um, Kodo tried and to th- retrieve you. And I think the other half of that is it's going to make the jump, is is. He's because I think Kodo is taking me at my word that I'm just kind of recklessly joyriding. He doesn't right. know that I'm planning a jump. Yeah, it's going to make also, jumping the, a, a pain. Uh, the other thing we see is that we go down to uh, we we see the sort of heads up display that Kodo and his aide are working with. Um, and there's a scan of the ship and it reads one human aboard. And then mm. we cut to the next uh, we can uh, cut to the next scene. So I'm going to I'm going to make the jump, which is I'm going to thread the needle, which is an aerial flying feat, which is flying through a bunch of star laser fire, making this jump with like only the the only the the, the papers that you've had, the notes that you've handed me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to make this impossible flying feat. So I'm going to roll plus raw. Seven. That is an eight. That is an eight. So I okay. make it by the skin of my teeth. Okay, so uh, what is this? Is rolling raw, and what's the maneuver called? Uh, thread the needle. It's a, it's a, it's an Aries move that lets uh, when you attempt an aerial flying feat that others would find impossible. Mm-hmm. On a seven to nine, I do it by the skin of my teeth. I'm going to gain one pressure, mm-hmm. and I am going to uh, ask you, the GM, how my action uh, leaves us exposed. So the way it leaves us exposed is. Our calculations are now off because of the ridiculous loop that you did. Mm -hmm. And while you successfully dodge all of the laser bolts and it looks very impressive and very good, our exit vector, um, our exit vector is not what I had originally thought we were going to have. So I have to grab the notepad from you and um, do more calculations for how we are going to reenter. So I start doing those calculations um and you're not even looking at me while yeah. this is all going on because of the pure joy oh, yeah. of what's happening and i start scribbling furiously and I, I scribble furiously and start to sweat and as i start to sweat the camera lingles on me and i blur a little bit mm. and i um, am i am going to uh as this is happening i'm like here we go boss i i i called him boss i can't also call you we'll figure it out and i like hit it I hit the gun, like I gun it, and we we get the Star Wars. The st- the dots turn into lines. We hit the jump, and we are in the atmosphere of this planet. We're not like above it. We are we are tearing through it. 
Um, I think we're flying through space, right? I think, like, we get, like, a whole sequence of, you know, um, almost slapsticky pilot shtick. Mm-hmm. You know, dodging trees. And I think as this is happening is when we're having this heart, is when we're having, like, a heart-to-heart of, like, so, uh, they're gonna be none too happy with you back at, back at the spike. That's true. But we have a bigger problem. What's that? And I think that's, maybe, is that, is that when we start to see you ripple? Yes. Uh, I, I ripple. Uh, and I think what happens is you look at me, and then you look back at your instruments, and then you look at me again, you do, you do, like, a double take. <sighs> all right, well, yeah, that's an issue. I didn't want you to find out this way. Well, I, I mean, there were probably better ways to find out. It's never the timing that you want. No, not really. But I'm I not, mean, I'm not a traitor. Uh, you say to, that to us or or them. Okay. Uh. Well, I'm looking at the facts, and I'm not sure I buy it. Uh. I take out um my sidearm, and yep. I toss it to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's when the ship goes down. Yeah. Like I roll it and like it's still functional, but it's going to if it if I ju- when we if and when I jump back like this this pawn skipper's done. Right. So oh no, sorry. I take out my sidearm and I toss it to you. Right. No, like, and I mean like I in catching it, like I let go of the controls and that's And when I gra- and I grab the other I grab the control. All right, great. And then try to steady us. All right, and great. I'm not great at it and my arm starts rippling. Okay, good, good, good. I like that. I'm going to say uh, I'm gonna say roll me plus hard as you weather serious harm in doing this. Okay. Uh, so I just roll hard. Hard. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it's great that I'm a robot nanotech thing that's bad at weathering things. Yes. Okay. Um, five. So I miss. Okay. Um, you feel the full force of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel the full force of it. You, uh are out of control. I think you have fully lost the ability to like, uh, render yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, we both, uh, so I'm at two pressure right now. Does my pressure go up? Yeah. I'm going to say Mark two pressure. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to mark four. the pressure as well, uh, which also puts me at four. Awesome. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we're staring against each other. Um, I think I've got your sidearm. I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm like, I pointed at you and I just say, talk. Uh, I open my mouth, uh, and then I look, uh, at the, um, I look at the, uh, instruments, um, and I say, you might want to keep one eye on, on, on the dash. It's fine. Talk. It's really not. You can't survive this crash. I can. I, and so, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to thread the needle again, if that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, cause this, I'm going to, I'm going to pull off another impossible flying feat. And like, yeah, like shit, I am. I got a twelve. I am like effort. Like I, I still got my gun at you. The ship is like spiraling, and I just like punch it. I like mm-hmm. smash it, and just let it kind of. And it like you see it like you know skip up, and then like, and then I grab a, I, I grab it without looking at it, and I like force it to land. Cool. Uh, actually, um, can I amend the force it to land yeah. thing? Could you instead have us break Atmo and then you, through sheer piloting prowess, put us in orbit so we're not using fuel yeah. and we're coasting? I love it. Um, Without taking the gun off of you. And I'm like, now, with that taken care of, talk. 
you really are the best pilot we have. I damn goddamn right I am. So, this communicator. Yep. It's not what you think it is. Okay. <sighs> the, the rounders, they think it'll, they think it'll help find us. You know, it'll broadcast a frequency that makes us revert to, and uh, I go liquid, um, and it's shocking. Like it's a shocking effect, but it's like um, Alex Max style or Terminator mm-hmm. style. I briefly become liquid, and then I reform, and I say, they think it'll liquefy us and force us to stay liquefied. It's worse than that. We'll completely break down. <sighs> and I'm like, the gun is now shaking as I'm going to ask you to reach out with warm. Okay. Or, or charismatic, either one. Awesome. Um, I'll use charismatic. I mean, that's a warm yeah. roll anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, Okay, so that's a plus. When I'm at four pressure, does it affect my rolling? I don't think so. Okay. It might, but I, I don't, I'm not sure, so I'm going to say no. Okay, I got a 10. All right, perfect. Um, so here's here's what I want to do. Okay. I want to grab the gun from you, mm-hmm. and I want to shoot myself in the head. Okay. Uh, I do that, um, and nothing happens. Um, I reform, and I say, I could have killed you any time I wanted. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm like, I start to laugh. Like, I put my, I, my hand is still in, like, the trigger position. I put it down, and I start to laugh. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not uh, any happier about this than you are. I can't imagine you are. <sighs> crud, crud, crud. See, here's the question. Here's the question, Sunshine. I can still call you Sunshine, right? Like, that hasn't changed? Whatever's easier for you. All right. All right, Sunshine. The question that I'm facing is not whether or not I trust you. Frankly, not really my concern right now. The question that I have is, do I trust Dakota? Do I bring this thing back and put it directly in his hands? You'd be signing our entire death sentence. Which, I mean, would, from a pilot, would be great. Is that really what you want? Is that really what I want? And I'm going to make one last roll. Okay. As I'm just going to like, I'm going to, I'm sitting, I've, I've, I've turned back around and I'm slinking in my chair. And like, we started to drift into the atmosphere and we see the, we see the, uh, we see the, um, the tower and we kind of flash back just to see a small patch on my uniform that is one, uh, like a rounders patch Mm -hmm. as I'm opening fire on the, on the tower. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a four, that's a five, that's a six. Could you support this? Yes. Um, what do I do to support it? Uh, roll me support. Well, we're going into battle, so let me ask you if one of these three things is true as an officer. Do you, uh-huh. have, a good, do you have a good view of the battlefield or direct comms with our people? Yes. Okay. Uh, are we trained and prepared for this sort of conflict? I am. And are, do you, did you know the details of this in advance? This was my plan, yes. All right, so you've got three holds, so you can spend one of the following. Support me Support me by ordering to assist or saying how you've trained them for this eventuality. You can order forces to redeploy and erase one segment from the battle clock or order a, Swiss reaction to a, or order a swift reaction to a problem and negate so you could immediately give me plus one here. Okay, um, so when I see that... Um, 
So let's set this up. Yeah, so we're flying towards the tower and like my hands, I'm like de- doing the debate of whether or not to pull the trigger like at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are coalescing around this. Um, so as you're debating whether or not to pull the trigger, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of liquid metal droplets uh, surround the uh surround the tower mm-hmm. um and it looks like they're trying to um it looks like they're trying to destroy it themselves really really quickly but you can see this flashing happening on them and it becomes clear that they're you've seen this maneuver before and we flash back to an obstacle course training uh initiative where i was putting you through this asteroid field with a bunch of obstacles um, and you hear my voice over the comms, and what I say to you is, um, you have to remember that, above all else, the renders will self-destruct rather than be captured and subject to imperfections. When you see this flashing pattern of lights, it means that they're about to explode. Take evasive action immediately, uh, and make sure that you do not hit any of the globules that result. Um, and I look at you, uh, look at our vector, um, and I, a- I take the, uh, I take the yoke, aim at one of the renders that looks like it's about to explode, and fire. They would rather die, they would rather die than let us kill them. There's gotta be something there, and I jam, and like, I take, like, your hand in mine, I jam down that trigger, and like, it just, the, the thing goes up, uh, I'm gonna, ch- so I choose two of these options and this will be what we leave it on. Like, we take collateral damage, we see the ship spiral, mm-hmm. and, uh, we are exposed in that now there are globules coming towards the ship. Uh, and, like, I get out just in time. You, we both step out, there are globules coming towards the ship. The thing has just gone up, but I've also just open-fired on it. And I'm like, so, uh, is this the family? Uh, I grimace, um, I shove a, uh, like a breather, um, helmet on you, um, and then I get outside of the airlock, um, and the last thing we see is, um, sunshine turning silvery, uh, and then covering, coating the outside of the, uh, of the pond skimmer. And that's a wrap. And that's where we leave it. (laughs) (coughs) That was really good. That was so much fun. That was a ride. That was great. Oh my god, I'm 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 del- I'm smiling ear to ear. Pranks, space is fun. Space is so much fun. Oh, pranks! Thank you so much for coming on the show with me. This was so so much fun. This was great, Jeff. Um, I loved playing with you, and I would love to play something with you, even if it's not for recording. We should just like do something for fun. I know we were kicking around the idea of like a superhero game. Um, I think that could be super fun. I'm down for that. I'm 100% down with that. So real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, so you can find my Twitter handle at RogueTLDR. Um, that's, you know, Rogue is in Rogue Squadron and then TLDR, all one word. Um, and then you can find my work at NeverTellMeThePods.com. Uh, that's where I talk for way too long about Star Wars. And then you can also find my um, other show, which is the Autonomic Podcast. You can find that at AutonomicPodcast.com or just by searching Autonomic 
Um, yeah, and I recently wrapped up production on Adventure on the One Shot Network, so uh, you can find some of my work uh, archived on there too. Um, yeah, and then I still plan on popping up on streams and doing other things on One Shot, uh, so you can probably find me there as well. I'm uh, I'm a Chicago local, so yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a delight, uh, and now we're going to throw it over to me in the future so that you can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Pranks for coming on to the show. That game was incredible. Be sure to check the show notes for more information about Last Fleet and its Kickstarter, as well as more information about Never Tell Me the Pods and Autonomic. I really can't recommend them enough. And be sure to follow Pranks on Twitter at RogueTLDR. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Talk about the show, gritty, professional wrestling, whatever you want to talk about. You can also financially support the show by going to patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer, coffee.com slash Jeff Stormer, or paypal.me slash Jeff J Stormer, because Jeff Stormer was taken. And one last thing you can do to support this show is by supporting the other podcast that I produce, All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network, powered by you. Every week, my best friend Eric Tano Saez and I take a listener submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage, or about coming on to the show as a guest, you can email me at PartyOfOnePodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 